Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? (sighs) The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking out the movie you were going to take home with you. Mm. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era in streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there was something truly special about riding your hoverboard down to Blockbuster, picking a movie out by hand, and watching it when you got home. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, two dudes who are most certainly not chicken, AJ Vance, Sean Pryor. How the heck are you? Never will be. Nobody calls me chicken needles. Nobody. Is there there a word that someone would call you that you just could not help but respond to? Like you drop everything and be like, okay, I'm going to do physical harm to this person. Like, oh, I have to prove my (laughs) non-chickenness. I think that is that a like late '80s, early '90s thing? Because like, know. I think there are, I think there are people out there that are like, yeah, if you called me chicken, dude, I'd have to go after you. Oh. Maybe oh. for me, no thanks. <laughs> it is, it is a ridiculous premise, right? It's like, oh, dude, if if, if somebody ever walked up to me <laughs> and just had the audacity to call me chicken, mm. if they were like. Hey asshole! I'd be like, <gasps> if they said, if they said I was a a daft prick, a daft. I would I would have to break their legs. I can't be offended. I don't know. It's not possible. I, I can't be offended. It's not possible. You can't have a TikTok account like ours and not, uh, you know, <laughs> be able to not be offended. Yeah. Really, at this point. Yeah. Hey, idiot! Your voice is stupid. <laughs> I can't believe he said I, that. I hate it too. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm not not a fan of it myself, but here we so. are. Well, boys, on today's episode, we discuss a classic movie that gave us an incredible glimpse into what the future would be like. The third highest grossing film of 1989, nominated for one Oscar, chosen by our Patreon members, and one of the best sequels of all time. We're, of course, talking about 1989's Back to the Future Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with the Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. One of the coolest ways to support this podcast is by joining our Patreon. You get extra perks like bonus weekly audio episodes just for you, access to a private Discord server, giving your modern-day ratings for every movie we do, but also... You get to vote on upcoming movies. We've done a lot of movies now, and many are part of a franchise, but we've never done two different movies of a franchise. So we gave those beautiful, amazing top-tier Patreon members a vote. They chose Back to the Future 2 with 57% of the vote. Wow. Batman Returns, 20%. Three Ninjas Kickback, 10%. Ghostbusters 2, 8%. Wayne's World 2, 5%. Wow. I think they made the right choice there. Yeah, totally. 
100%. Sequel destinations. Is this our sequel destination? This is our first uh, like, double two part. Yeah, yes. We've done Terminator two. Yep, but we never but did Terminator never one. Never did Terminator one. So this is our our first sequel. Yes. So if you want to help influence the movies we review, go sign up patreon.com slash confused breakfast. And if you're new to this podcast, we will be reviewing Back to the Future two scene by scene with a modern eye. But That's in me. order to do that properly. We got to strip it away. We got to talk about it with pure nostalgia. AJ, tell us the first time you saw this movie, what your thoughts were and what your rating is. This is another sequence of movies that just all ran together for me for my 10-year-old, 11-year-old mind to really comprehend, right? You see part of the Back to Back to the Future and unless you catch it, unless you catch it in the dead of the future or the dead of the Wild West, could be any of them. Could be okay. Anywhere could be anywhere so uh but when i was a kid number two was always my favorite because oh man look at the future i can't wait till the future's like that <laughs> here can't we wait are till i go to high school high school <laughs> don't you say that um no i loved it though i loved back to the future too they all ran together for me but like when i saw them you know walking through when i saw him walking through that new hill valley um, I was just enthralled. I thought the future was so awesome. The shoes and the jacket that he puts on. I, I have the hat. I don't know where it's at, though. Oh, damn it. uh, I'm so sorry. I, I want to find it, and it will make its way to the studio eventually. But loved this movie when I was a kid. It was, pro- it was definitely my favorite of the trilogy when I was growing up. So I will, I mean, I'll, I'll give this like a nine point seven. <laughs> Nine point seven for AJ Sean. What about you, man? You died a little bit. I think he died. I did. Um, yeah, same. I like this one uh, better as a kid than I did the first one. I I watched it way more. Um, I remember more about this than I do the first one. However, I do like going back to watch it. I'm like, was that in the first one or was that in the second one? You know, I that it like it uh, coincides with each other, mm-hmm. and we'll get to all that. But uh, back then, I'd have to say I'm right up there with you, Jim. I'm 9.3. 9.3. I'm going to split the difference there. I'm a 9.5. Huge. I mean, I saw the first one f- first. I saw it when it came out. Was a crazy blown away by the thought that this was going to be continued. And then we had to wait a long four years. And then this <laughs> came out. And it was like, it was everything I wanted it to be. I can't believe the future is going to be that crazy. Unbelievable, scary, awesome, funny. I I definitely love this movie. I'll call it a 9.5. I did also own the Back to the Future 2 soundtrack on cassette, and I listened to it all the time. It was just the score is all it was. And, man, I'm telling you, that unbelievable music throughout this whole series. Oh, yeah. We already know that. We don't have to talk about it. Executive producer Bud Larson says, when the movie came out in November of 1989, I would have been eight years old. We went to lacrosse to the movie theater because our small town in western Wisconsin didn't have a movie theater. I was so excited to see this part of the Back to the Future series. I remember I couldn't wait to get a hoverboard. My dad's cousin worked for Mattel, and hopefully for Christmas I would get my own. (laughs) Also, I remember thinking by 2015 we were going to have flying cars. I liked the movie because it traveled through three different times in American history. Nostalgic rating would be an eight- Point seven five. That takes us to a nine point three one. You guys, it's got to be out there. That is officially number two on the list nostalgically of any movie we've done. Ace Ventura nine point four three. Back to the Future two nine point three one. Wait, did you say wait? Did you say Ace Ventura nine point four three? Is our highest? (laughs) Is our highest rated nostalgic rated movie? (laughs) 
nostalgic. Oh, yeah. Nostalgic. Yeah, still. <laughs> we are going to strip that away now. We're going to talk about it modern eye, scene by scene. So first, we got to get the pertinent, important details of the movie. Sean, that's your job. What do you got, man? Produced by Neil Canton, Rob Gale, Kathleen Kennedy, and Frank Marshall, Steve Starkey, and Steven Spielberg. Story by Robert Zemeckis, Rob Gale. Screenplay by Rob Gale. Cinematography by Dean Cundy. Dean. Be like his Deaner. 12th, 13th movies done with us. Ah. Music by Alan Silvestri. Legend. Legendary. Look at that. Edited by Harry Kermitis and Arthur Schmidt. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Cast. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Leah Thompson. Tom Wilson, Elizabeth Shue, James Tolkien, Jeffrey Weissman, Billy Zane, Casey Samasco, J.J. Cohen, and uh, Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah. You just had to throw him in there. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, Robert Zemeckis did not want to do a sequel to Back to the Future, but money talks, and talking gives you ideas. Mm. So after the first film was a massive hit, a sequel was pretty much guaranteed. Zemeckis, however, would only do it if Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox returned. Zemeckis got together with writing partner Rob Gale to come up with a concept for the second film. While Zemeckis was busy preparing for Roger Rabbit, Gale wrote most of the first film, first draft himself. Initially having the third act take place in the 60s, where Lorraine would, ha- would be a flower child protesting the war and George would be a professor at Berkeley. Oh. The writers had a huge script, which included the titular characters going to the Old West. After reading the script, Steven Spielberg remarked to Zemeckis and Gale that there are two movies here and that they should split them up, so that's what they did. The writers had to write themselves out of predicaments, self-created and uh, unavoidable. One was Crispin Glover asking for a lot more money for the f- uh, than he did for the first film, ultimately not participating in the film, having the writers essentially kill him off for most of the film. Although the filmmakers used his likeness, which led to Glover suing the filmmakers, the case was settled out of court, but the incident is the key case cited for the now-standing rule that films need to have consent from actors if the film deems having them in the film necessary. In an interview with Opie and Anthony, Glover stated the primary reason he did not do part two was a philosophical disagreement with the screenplay, saying that the characters in the film were rewarded with financial gain, like Marty's truck, rather than rewarded with love. I actually disagree with that. He's a, he's a weird guy. Yeah, because in reality, they their love generated better jobs and better relationships, right. which led to more money and like, I, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, they just they just were a better off as a family yeah. and people. That's true. Which yeah. got him more money. Positivity is what, like, George yeah. knocking Biff out. And put then your mind to he, it. Yeah. You can put your mind anything. to anything. Yeah, you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. That's the real, yeah. The Chris second Glover. predicament they had to write themselves out of was ending the first movie with Jennifer in the car. The writers wanted it to be just Doc and Marty figuring out what's going on, hence why she is knocked out for most of the first act. Claudia Wells, the original Jennifer, had a lot of family issues and uh, could not return for the character. Which is why Elizabeth Shue joined. It's better. Uh, It took two years for the sets to be made and for the script to be finished. Production designer Rick Carter wanted 2015 to look a little more happy than how other movies like Blade Runner had uh, projected (laughs) the future being dark and steamy. Dark and steamy. (laughs) You know, lots of steam. Yeah, just coming out of orifices. (laughs) Not not unlike Sean's post-show poops. Yeah. All right. We did it. We're doing it. We're having fun. We're having a fun time. (laughs) Principal photography began on February 20th, 1989. The film uh, employed new camera technology that would allow the actors playing different versions of their characters in the same shot while the camera could move. 
giving new life to that technique. Filming concluded, and and for a two-week period, Zemeckis was filming part three one day and editing part two the other. Jesus. Just going back and forth. That's crazy. The film released on November 22nd, 1989, and on a budget of $40 million, the film took in a whopping $332.5 million at the box office. Wow. Since part three was being filmed while the post-production work was being done on part two, filming of a significant portion of part three was completed, and so when part two was released, the audience was awarded with a sample teaser for what was to come in part three. That's got to be the first time that's ever happened. Not the first time. They actually, uh, I think they were inspired by like a, I think it was maybe like a Zorro thing or something like that, where they like tease, tease. They the already one, had the they, footage They for filmed you. it like back to back and they're like, let's do that. Since they had such a bulky cool. script and they split it up. Next time on Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next time on your movie going experience. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. You're no. supposed to say that's it. Oh, see, that's Try. it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, up next, we go to AJ. He does the research for us, gives us the ratings, reviews, critics, fans alike. What do you got? I'm sure they loved this movie. They thought this movie was a big old. I don't know. Come on. The tomato. Tomato. <laughs> I'm, Gross. I'm sorry, we are lacking. I don't know what I'm thinking here. Well, I, like, there's no, there's nothing. Back to the Future Three has all the splat options. I don't know. Sixty-three percent, guys. Sixty-three percent on the that's tomato low. meter. That's not fresh, low. is it? That it's, ain't fresh. It is. I mean, it's, that well, it's, make any it's, sense. Not, it's not certified fresh, but it's not a splat. Okay. Sixty-three percent takes us to the middle of the pack of any movie we've done. That is tied with The Sandlot and Uncle Buck. Per the critics, Running Man is better. <laughs> per the critics, well, so yeah, they like their future better than hey, this one. Back to the Future One was a ninety-seven percent, so that is a huge drop. Wow, that's a massive drop. That's a huge, huge drop. Yes, um, a big old plop. Eighty-five percent. The audiences loved this by comparison. Duh. Eighty-five um, percent and a seven point eight on IMDb. Ready what that's tied with the movies we've done. That is tied with Ghostbusters, Goonies, Breakfast Club, Predator. Just pinnacle eighties movies. Yep. Gotcha. All right. There. Tied. That makes perfect sense. Twenty-five. Let's start at the bottom. We'll we'll head our way up to the top. Jay Scott over at the Globe and Mail gave this a twenty-five out of a hundred. Given part two's quality, uh, quality. Uh, the final sequence, uh, which is a series of clips for next summer's part three, uh, it may be a major miscalculation. To be concluded, reads reads the final title. Sounds more like a threat than a promise. Ugh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Big yikes. No one's safe. Uh, <laughs> no, not even Zemeckis. Uh-uh. <laughs> Uh, 63 uh, out of 100, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Desmond Ryan, said fans of the original should relish going back to the back, back to back to the future, as long as they keep in mind that in movies, as in life, you can't go home again. <laughs> and if you do, things aren't likely to be the same. I, I actually like that. That's, if you yeah. go and you see this, which was probably not supposed to happen in the first place, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like when people are like, you have sequelitis or something like that. You're like, you tainted the first one for me. That If you didn't right. like it, you know, that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I get it. 80 out of 100, New York Times, Janet Maslin said, uh, Back to the Future deserves a chance to come back, especially under the cheerful, enterprising, mathematically minded stewardship of Mr. Zemeckis and Mr. Go- Mr. Gale. 
Uh, their new film isn't an ordinary sequel. It's as if the earlier film has been squared. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. One out of ten. Why was this made? Just let me guess. <laughs> this is... Let, let's start here. I, I know that this is written by somebody who didn't watch the movie. <laughs> okay, you know this for a fact. I have to know this for a fact. Otherwise, there's no way, no way it should have been written. Horrible freaking movie. Oh, okay. One out of ten. Since two thousand, it's, <laughs> it's just. Do you want it or I? No, I want it. I'm just saying. I want to preface it by you cannot give this movie a one. Yeah, I know. Like it's not possible. It's not three, four, five. Maybe it's not a one. And you probably gave it a one because zero wasn't an option. Zero wasn't an option. <laughs> Go ahead. I would also like to make uh, keep in mind that seven out of ten. Uh, sorry, seven out of forty-two people did in fact find this review helpful. Mm, that's nice. That's very nice. So a little. Lil Bala, Lil Bala, <laughs> yep. Uh, Lil Bala Lil. had this to say. I suffered all the way through this movie because I had read this was a time-traveling masterpiece. I don't get it. What is the point of watching two hours of washed-up actors quivering naked in mud puddles? <laughs> huh? I've seen a lot of bad movies in my life, but this is without a doubt the worst film I have ever seen. I think that if Ed Wood had directed this, he would have listed the directing credit as Alan Smithy. I think that's some sort of a... Alan Smithy is where, where you can take your name off a film, and that's, that's the name that they put on it instead. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying, yeah. because I just thought it was a horrendous joke <laughs> made in, in film class. Uh, Christopher Lloyd character clearly rips off Christopher Walken in the cult classic Click. Trying to be zany and off the wall. Oh, wait, what? Okay, he just you know, all credibility. <laughs> he just lost. I don't it. even care anymore. I don't even care. <laughs> is this just a ni- 1989 release of Satan's first film in 1894? I admit I laughed when Michael J. Fox said stuff like "butt" and "poop," but beyond that, <laughs> it was a huge waste of time and money. Are you talking about like Faust or Haxon, the the devil movie? What? I don't know. I think we should stricken this whole conversation from the record. <laughs> there's a, there's references that I don't care about, but I wanted to make make I I told it specifically because of the click reference. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't it's not it doesn't, it doesn't right? I, I give this rate I give this rating a zero <laughs> I and, I, and I find Sean's rating helpful. <laughs> hey, two out of two hey, people thanks, find Sean's rating helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Which is better than seven out of forty-two. Uh, five out of ten. Uh, he, they said that this is the worst one of the trilogy. Uh, time traveling mechanics and ideas that were expanded here, uh, but with such a childish story and a horrible childish acting as well. Only at the second half is it is it good and entertaining again. So it deserves a five. Hmm. Okay. At least you had something of substance I yeah, could grab right. you onto could, there. You could actually explain it to me. Yeah, that makes sense, at least. How about this? Uh, oh, oh, an 8 out of 10. Uh, this is also nice. I wanted to make sure you guys knew this. Uh, uh, this is Depeche Doobie. <laughs> I fucking love that. 2021. He said, hi, friends. Uh, my name is Depeche Doobie. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've watched this film, uh, this full movie, and I've enjoyed this. Uh <laughs> This is a second part, and their visual effects and their CGI is good. All actor acting, also nice. And my Insta username is at 
uh, Depeche Doobie 000. Oh, fuck So yeah. I went ahead and made sure that we were following <laughs> Depeche on Instagram. <laughs> and I would encourage all of you to do the same. <laughs> Depeche Doobie. Depeche the, most, the most sensible review that we've had of this movie yet. Yeah. Hey, and hey, it might I, remain that when I get to my last. I was one. watching it, and they were acting. And I like the CGI. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! I don't yeah. care. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> um, well, <laughs> while while we get to the rest, of, I'm sure Mike's probably got to be looking it up, him up. I'm everybody go follow him. Um, I'll give you a one out of ten. George McFly's friends. Sorry, and when you do follow him, say that we sent you. Like, comment on yes. one of his photos. And please, say please say that Confused Breakfast sent you. Yes. to follow. Um, George McFly's friends, um, Puka, 5472, had this to say in 2005. I imagine they wear the Puka shell necklace all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, says, uh, oh, we can't use the 1960s because it's too much like the first movie. Well, here's a good idea. Uh, give George McFly some friends. <laughs> Who could be his friends? Greg Marmalade, absolutely. <laughs> Doug Niedermeyer, yeah. definitely. Johnny Castle, Castle, positively. Also, why can't Lorraine have 60s friends? Babs Jansen, Mandy Pepperidge, and Francis Hausman are all eligible candidates. <laughs> and if you're going to give Marty a future in which he has to have a, or he has a better life, at least give him some friends his own age. Andrew Clark, Allison Reynolds... Brian Johnson, Claire Standish, and John Bender are also eligible candidates. That's how I portray it. If right in the plot lines that uh, that harms the McFlies, at least give them some chums. We'll try to prevent harm to them. One out of ten. Is it Animal House and American Pie crossovers with Back to the Future? I think so. All right. Well, or no, sorry, uh, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. There's like there's like nine different food group drugs represented in these reviews. <laughs> like one's on LSD. One's definitely high Depeche Doobie. Yeah. One's just like uh, Adderalled out. You know, <laughs> that's an array. It really was. There's a lot going on guys, but I just figured since we're going to basically be reviewing what has kind of become somewhat nonsensical, <laughs> might as well get some nonsensical <laughs> reviews going. Get us for in you. the right mind frame. That's right. Oh man, I'm getting old, like really old. I can feel it in my bones, my hangovers. But you know where I recently really noticed my age? My face. It's terrible. I saw a headshot of myself from 10 years ago. I couldn't believe the extra wrinkles, the puffy dark circles that have developed on my face since then. I mean, I've been looking at myself every day in the mirror for the last 40 years, so it's hard to notice that slow change. But now that I know it, I can't unsee it. And it's 100% because I've never developed a face routine or taken any care of my skin whatsoever. So over the last year, I've been making it a point to try to find a skincare routine that I can be happy with. I've tried a bunch of different companies, but I never found the perfect one until our amazing friends at Caldera Lab came along to sponsor this podcast. They sent us a package about two weeks ago, and I've already seriously thrown my other routines into the garbage because I'm positive that I finally finally found my perfect skincare routine and I'm okay. I'm proud to say it. Like it's an important thing at this point in life. Caldera Lab creates high performance men's skincare products and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice a day routine to transform your skin. Inside the bundle, you'll find the clean slate, which is where you start your day. It's a balancing cleanser that uses gentle plant-based cleansing, leaving all skin types exceptionally refreshed 
Next, the base layer is a nutrient-dense fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin and absorbs fast, leaving you with a matte finish so you can start your day confidently. And then you got the goods, which is a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. In every single drop, there are 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. I have no clue what that means, but I'm sure it's good, and you can tell when you put that stuff on your skin. And beyond that, they also have this eye serum. This is the game changer for me. It's called the Icon. It addresses the three most common skin concerns around the eye, fine lines, dark circles, puffiness. I noticed a change right away in that stuff on my face, and it makes me look younger. I'm seriously happy to use it every single morning and night. Caldera is made with top-tier ingredients and is a great addition to your daily routine, taking less than a minute morning and night, and here to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, which I needed so bad. Ever since I incorporated Caldera Lab into my life, taking care of my skin has never been simpler. Their products are clinically proven and an impeccable first impression this summer. Don't miss out on joining the skincare revolution trusted by countless men. Use code CONFUSED at calderalab.com to enjoy an exclusive 20% off their finest products. Seriously, go to calderalab.com, use code CONFUSED for 20% off. I seriously love it. Like, Give it a shot. Use this 20% discount. Support these people that are supporting us and just try it. You'll be so happy with the results. I absolutely love it. My wife comments me on it. I'm so happy to go out in public now. I'm like not scared anymore because I look tight in my face. But anyway, please check them out. And thank you to Caldera Lab for sponsoring this podcast. And last but not least, please, please stand up out of your seats. Clap and applaud our longest standing sponsor, Cedar Ridge Whiskey. We've done it all with them. Seriously, we've done everything that can be done. We've talked about their amazing whiskeys and how they're the best whiskey in the world. We had our own American quintessential single malt hand-selected barrel that sold out in like a week. And it was 200 barrels and you'll never get it again. It's the best tasting thing ever. Only because this company has taken a shot on the Confused Breakfast and we are so unbelievably grateful. We're not just telling you they're the best whiskey because they're the sponsor of this podcast. They truly have the best American whiskeys you've ever had in your life. You got to go to their website, cedarridgedistillery.com, cedarridgedistillery.com. You got to check out the flagship bourbon. You got to check out the American quintessential single malt, which seriously is one of the coolest tasting uh, single malts you've ever had. Honestly, they have a collaboration with Slipknot called Number Nine, blending rye and bourbon together. This company is taking the world by storm. And if you like whiskey, if someone in your life likes whiskey, you got to check them out. Seriously, don't don't go. Oh, this I heard this one's good. Take our word for it. Go to your local distributor, see if you can find some. If you can't, go to cedarridgedistillery.com. See if you can order some straight to your door. You will not be mad at us. You will be so happy, especially if you drink responsibly. That's the most important thing. Thanks so much to Cedar Ridge Whiskey, Cedar Ridge Distillery, everybody over there for taking a chance on this podcast. Please go out and support them. And let's get into Back to the Future 2. Well, my dudes, our adventure through our adventures through time aren't over yet. Let's jump into our DeLorean, fold the wheels down for hover mode, and hit 88 miles per hour to head to the year 2015, where there isn't a cell phone in sight. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. 
So scene one, on October 26, 1985, Dr. Emmett Brown ex- arrives unexpectedly in the DeLorean time machine. He takes Marty McFly and his girlfriend Jennifer Parker to 2015 to help their future children. When they arrive, Doc incapacitates Jennifer and dresses Marty up as his son. Marty explores the town of Hill Valley in 2015. Automatically, I am a fan of sequels that take place directly after Boom. the events of the first yeah. one. It's super cool and it's seamless. I mean, except for the Jennifer part. <laughs> well, and, and like how quickly are they immediately into the future? Yeah. If this was, we talk about it a lot where, you know, you spent your money on this movie back in the day, you would have watched the whole thing. But in modern culture of like, I'll usually give five minutes to a movie on Netflix before I'm like, nah, mm. like, this movie's got you right away. You're, you're in the, the future. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I do take issue with the reshoots. I do. Because I when you've I've watched Back to the Future, the original so many times and watched that ending sequence so many times um, that the nuances of how they do things and the way that they say things and interact with each other is like just ingrained into my brain. And then you see it and all the little differences, they catch me and they they knock me off off guard. And um and then you have Jennifer walk in, Elizabeth Shue. And do I love Elizabeth Shue? Yes. I do. But it was a it, like they, they shoehorned her into this <laughs> outfit and role so hard. The, the like, especially the hair. I'm the hair. Like, I don't like that. I don't like on that. Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> like everything about it would be fine. And, and here's the thing the redemption is they do move past it fast enough and say we're going into the future and he says the line where we're going we don't need roads and, and now it's off. a new movie and now we're into a new movie and i can forget about all that <laughs> yeah so that's the only thing could they have just started it from the time machine like because we all know how the first one ended right i don't think so man i i think seeing like a different actor right away i mean i know it had been like four years after it's the first four years, one yeah something um i don't know i I think that it's just so much of it. Just it takes place so much yeah. directly after the first. You had one. to overlap. You had to kind of, if you're gonna ha- like have a different actor's portray. I think I think it's the only thing you really could do. I, I love rewatching these movies. I, this is just a movie that I will never question. But when we do this show, we like to question things and think about it critically. Yeah. How how did how did no one in the neighborhood see this DeLorean yeah, land and take off? Biff. <laughs> <laughs> Biff, dude, if this was my neighborhood on a random Sunday afternoon, they'd be in the Facebook uh, private group immediately, They'd be like, <laughs> "Who's fucking flying DeLorean? Was that? I'm trying. My baby's sleeping. What is going What's on going here? On? Anybody whose car a, is that? Anybody hear such a sudden gust of wind? <laughs> like." No, Jenny. I know. Shut up. I know right now, if for me, it would be like, who's lighting off fireworks right now? <laughs> for God's sakes, like my dog's freaking out and my kid just went to sleep. That's yes, what I'd be that saying. That is exactly. But instead, now we got this DeLorean flying in and landing. And it's kind of weird. Like, we're going to talk about it a lot in this movie. The bit, uh, sorry, Doc Brown has a lot of like rules about not being seen and and like we can't alter time. But yet, like. He's just popping in, just popping in daylight in his weird clothes, willy nilly. Just like we don't care, it's fine. Yeah, you right. want me? You, I'm, I feel like I should just ruin this right away. Okay, go ahead. Okay, this is not the point in which Marty's timeline, his family timeline, becomes starts the chain of bad events. Yes, it's when he runs into the Rolls, Rolls Royce. Yes. So why didn't he go back to then? <laughs> 
we're gonna I, we're gonna probably ruin this movie. Okay, move yeah. along, huh? But we, movie's all done. Well, episode's over. Thanks, right? Like speaking of be Doc, done? speaking of Doc, like <laughs> unintentionally ruining things. Like he tells them in the car, he's like, "Yeah, we gotta we gotta go help out your kids." Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, we have kids. That I mean, that kind of freaks me out and also kind of spoils a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Like you're like we're married. Yeah. Oh, you're ruining this high school relationship. Actually, lasted. You're ruining the future. It's as you speak about protecting it. Why? Hey, you want to tell me what I got for Christmas this year too, Doc? Yeah. That'd be great. Thanks. You want, you want, Thanks to, tell for, you want to ruin that? You want to tell me my rating of Back to the Future Part Two? Unbiasedly, <laughs> my <Mind> bias. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Check out our check that. out our Patreon. <laughs> no, come on. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm Doc Mike, Brown. Mike's Doc Brown. Like, I, I say I'm all wise and like I'm this cool scientist. It's but your really reviews, AJ. We've up. got to do something about your reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, did you notice too? A lot of things that uh, when I was watching this on VHS were not very clear to me, or I didn't feel like pausing. But I did hit the pause button a lot in this viewing. Some of the detail that they went into in the future was pretty cool. The, the sign as he's here's our exit and he gets off. There's a big sign ahead that says Hyperlane Grid 4 and it says Phoenix, Boston, London, meaning oh. that there's some weird high speed hyper highway. We can just get to that. You would just drive to Boston and London, Damn. And, which I thought was cool. Then it gets to the Hill Valley sign and it says, please fly safely. Ejection seats save lives. Oh, no. I just thought it was kind of cool. Wow, I mean, like that's just drive safely, seatbelts save lives. Like they're just we're into the future. Yeah, Yeah. it's. I thought that was cool. That's just a horrifying uh, thought to me. If you have to eject in like those clouds and stuff, (laughs) just like slowly coming uh, (laughs) up, people going by you and shit. So we got to make mention. This is the year 2015. 2015. Um, that they're talking about it being in, and you guys remember just the absolute onslaught of Facebook and like memes and all that stuff that happened. Like this is the yeah. time that they were talking <laughs> about it back to the wrong. future, they and wrong. they were all wrong. It's like, no, see, the thing says it right there. It's no. like, yeah, no, somebody photoshopped. It. <laughs> Please stop doing this. <laughs> Wait, Photoshop's in the future? I, I think we should just do another one just to piss people off, yeah, to be hey, honest. Just Why make not? it today. Yeah, just 2023. make it now. Oh, man. <laughs> July 4th, 2023. That was the day. <laughs> that was the day. That day went back. <laughs> It'll get at least 20% of people to share it. Today. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. People would believe it. And then you'd have other people like, oh, my God, stop. That'd be a Speaking like of it. like the future things, they they said that they got fifty percent right and about fifty percent wrong. Kind of like they don't have power laces nowadays, obviously, but they uh, they don't, I mean don't have hoverboards, um, but they do have like the Cubs winning the World Series. They right. were you know? so close, so close. I think they won it in sixteen. I think so, and yeah. they were in the playoffs in fifteen, which was <laughs> like oh my god. Oh, I actually yeah. made a list of a couple things: uh, holograms. Like there's yeah. there's holograms they got that right uh, Zoom calls like you know like yeah, video like video calling. video calling uh, the widescreen giant flat television that was kind of an insane thing to it looks normal now but think of how big TVs were in 1989 and now it's a flat screen with a wide angle mm-hmm. wide dimension uh, 80s nostalgia yeah right. yeah true that's uh, that's complete yeah that's completely yeah. back things they got wrong. They were talking about how the post office is not efficient. 
Uh, are the post office is efficient? I wouldn't say it is. Or, <laughs> or wait, what do they say? Weather's efficient. Well, yeah. Only the post office yes, can be efficient yeah. as it's the actually weather. The, it's actually the opposite because they still cannot predict the weather. But like, you can order something on Amazon and it's at your door in, yeah. in one day. Cars aren't flying. Um, they talked about how they abolished lawyers in courts because courts <laughs> are really fast. That's not true. The cell the cell phone thing to me is the crazy thing. Like, yeah, no one walking around with uh, devices and things like that. Well, they get to like the dinner with the with the McFly family, and there's like the daughter played by Michael J. Fox has like the. Uh, uh, VR goggle thing on, like right. they're all on at least devices. Ah, that's true. You that's know? a good point. They nailed that. Like the kids, especially, are all like not paying attention to real life at all. Yeah, you know that. No, that's that's a really good point. Um, also, the maybe the biggest biggest technological mi- uh, miss faxes <laughs> newspapers the fact that yeah like yeah sports almanacs yeah <laughs> you know like i just think like who buys print anymore you know everybody like somebody somebody in that room said um oh man i love a fax machine they, they send it right over in the future, be- <laughs> there's going to be a fax machine in every room. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Even the closet. Like, <laughs> Just in case you're grabbing your, your ties out of the closet, you need to grab that fax yeah. right away. <laughs> it would be so hard to predict. Like, what if we had to predict how far in the future was that? 30 years? 30 years. What if we had to, like right now, actually for a movie, say what is it going to be like in 30 years? True. I mean, I think, yeah. we're, I think it's just going to be, we're going to be dead. Uh, hopefully. So anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, scene two. Well, anyways, uh, Back to the Future Two is a fun movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Want, I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> okay, so speaking of like the holograms, when he goes into Cafe Eighties, I think Michael Jackson Max Max Headroom thing is my fucking sleep paralysis demon. Oh my god! I think it's Ronald Reagan and the other guy just yeah. battling it out. You must have the special. The special. Can I just get a Coke or a Pepsi? Was yeah. it a Pepsi? Yeah. Having Michael Jackson reading off beef and pork. Beef. The eighties enchiladas. <laughs> Your choice of beef, pork. Beans on rice. Oh, that's cre- give me goosebumps. It's terrible. <laughs> the Max Headroom thing is really, really creepy to me. Yeah. But I do wish, I wish that soda bottles looked like that now. I know. Why, Why do don't they do that? I love that so much. the The Pepsi bottle that just pops up out of nowhere. I want that. Is that your for pop? sure? No. Well, okay. Then, no. Then we won't touch the button. Then, jeez, I guess no. you can't have it. I guess you can't. Okay. <laughs> Young Elijah Wood playing video game boy. Yeah. Kind of fun. It's a baby's toy. Kind of fun. Elijah, you come on use, the show. You use your hands. It's like a baby. So it's like, how would you play? How do they play video games? Their thoughts, probably. Yeah. That's they, probably why I they, they don't, don't have, have cell phones. Is because it's all inside of them. They got uh, VR yeah. and stuff that they're doing, and then, and then like, yeah. The microchip implants, like when they talk about that stuff, it too. has to be, dude. Um, was that his first role? I think, I think that's so. his first credited role, right? I think so, yeah. Man, I have to ask this though before we jump far further in. Um, what's the point of leaving leaving Jennifer in the alley, guys? Couldn't she just stay inside? The Why car? not just leave her in the car? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's one of my gripes about it, too, where it's just like, I mean, I know they tried to write themselves out of it, but 
she is pretty useless in this movie, like throughout the whole thing, even almost. It's just a catalyst to chase. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just one of those things of like she does kind of get lost, and we have to cr- why why does Biff get in later? But to me, it's just like you could have just had Elizabeth Shue just pretending to be out in the in the passenger seat of the car, and she's she wouldn't even be on the screen that much more. She could have fainted because the DeLorean showed up, but unfortunately, Correct. they had already. They had already written this. Like that's how one ended was was they get in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like they couldn't write themselves out of that because they're like, shit, she's right. in the car. They can't write her out. However, we we're just gonna leave her in the alleyway. And then that will allow us to show more cool futuristic things at the house. Yeah. I, it, that's really it. But also, like, this seems like a lot of risk involved to try to change the McFly family. Like Maybe just be better parents or like just be better people or don't get so mad about saying about someone calling you chicken. Maybe that's it, huh? But but instead they're gonna risk the time continuum and fucking up the entire universe to try to like keep his kid out of jail. His kid's still a fucking shithead. Right. And he's just gonna do something different. Yeah, he yeah. didn't go to jail. He's, yeah, his his son is still a moron. That's why I say that's yeah. This is not the this point. Is Marty's fault. Yeah, this is not the point where you need to go back to and change this little thing yes that well, you need to go further ahead and that's why i say the rolls royce was that was where it needs to be that's true but man. it's like i i don't know like you say that doesn't change his kid from being a mess up marty's the, marty's the one that needs changed right and now that you're saying all this to me like now i'm thinking about it i'm like it is sort of maybe even like kind of a lazy <laughs> Like first thing to get us into this, like oh we got to go back, we got to go to the future to fix your because your kids a fuck up. Yeah, like that's kind of lame. If yeah. you think about it, and like the real plot doesn't start until the the roles or whatever what he runs into, right? Right. But technically, that's the th- that's the moment in time. Yeah, but like, and he he cares so much about the McFly family, right? That he's willing to alter everyone else's like think about think about it's about to happen here in scene two the the Tannen family, right? Yeah, it's, like who cares about them? He, who cares about Griff? <laughs> His life is now different. And and take it right back to what, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And take it right back to what you said. Um, what you said about this, Doc has all these rules, but he's abusing his own rules yes. specifically for his own the the personal gain of his friend Marty. Maybe he's gone back in time multiple times to keep changing moments in time for Marty. I mean, you would think like if you're if you're like you probably get addicted to this if you're a doc, you know, like, oh, I can change this little detail or like I said something wrong in this conversation. I'm going to go back to that and fix it, you know, like that, like those little things. And he's probably fucking it up every time, you know, it's like that. It's like that's why I love Rick and Morty so much is because it really was based off of this. But there's that episode that won an Emmy. That particular one where he um, uh, Morty gets the button that he can keep starting over again, mm. so he keeps learning how to make things. But then he goes, he goes like thirty years. But then someone accidentally hits the button and he starts back over uh. again. It's like one of the most unbelievable, heartbreaking, funny TV show moments I've ever seen. But it's like this. I'm assuming Doc probably has fallen into some sort of weird thing where he's just <sighs> changing shit all the time. Yeah, and we just don't know because we're Marty in this scenario. We're just like, oh, we're right here. Yeah. I, I, I just—it's really, really hard to wrap your head around, you know, just because it's this particular moment in time, starts a chain of events that ruins your family, and it's like, we well, 
maybe that's for the greater good. Yes. Maybe the McFlies just aren't worth saving, Doc. <laughs> We've you, already changed your dad. There's a and, thing. And you're still a piece of shit. <laughs> maybe if you hadn't changed his dad into being a good person and given them this good life, then Marty wouldn't be some See? sort of spoiled and See? he would have worked harder in his life so that way his kids would have been better people. I don't oh. know if this saying was invented maybe a year later in 2016, but you can't fix stupid. Maybe that wasn't in the vocabulary around the time. Yeah. Like You just can't. You can't. Six idiots in your yeah. family. Sometimes they're just fuck-ups because they're fuck-ups. <laughs> and the last thing on this is it's also, I think, not my favorite writing plot device to just... They wrote that in for this new two-parter series that he just gets riled up every time somebody calls him a it name. It was never a part in the first movie, it, was it? It really wasn't. It was just the fact that he might have been a little bit of a hothead, but he or that he just didn't take any shit. Like when he gets in that thing with Biff in the in the old, in the, the nineteen fifty five lunchroom in the cafeteria, some moment of that is in there, but not the chicken thing. Though, not right? the chicken thing. It's like he calls him like a butt, and he just says, "Leave him alone." And he's and he says, "Or what?" And, and it's not. He doesn't call him a chicken. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's like I just feel like that's a. It's again. It's another plot device that they wrote in. They just well, we got to have a catalyst for this. One last thing: Jaws nineteen, directed by Max Spielberg. Can't wait <laughs> yeah. for it. I'm excited. I uh, I want it in my veins right now. And the shark still looks fake. Yep. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it on the Patreon episode. But there's a list of all the Jawses. Like there's an actual list. Oh, of there's them. a lot. Yeah. I mean, like not oh, yeah. of even like the unofficial ones. There's a lot. Like Jaws eight seventeens, like in outer space or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right, Jaws finds love or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scene two, pretending to be Marty Jr., Marty turns down Griff's proposal and a subsequent hoverboard chase ensues. Griff and his gang are arrested, saving Marty's future children. Doc discovers Marty's purchase of an almanac, almanac and throws it away. Unfortunately, Jennifer was picked up by the, by the police and taken to her 2015 home. Jaws lost in New York. Uh, I do <laughs> I do like uh, like the subtle difference of Marty's son. Like He's got like different teeth. The teeth, It yeah. does kind of work for me. And he's, they changed he's, his eyes, too. His, oh, they did? His eye color's a little bit different. Okay, yeah. cool. Him and Griff, both of their eyes were different colors. They're, oh, okay. they're brown instead of, I think, blue yes. is what they are. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, it works for me. I I, th- I thought uh, like his acting especially, too, was just like, yeah, he seems more clumsy, seems younger, seems stupider, you know? Seems mm. drugged. <laughs> seems seems a Which actually makes sense because apparently he did get drugged with the sleep inducer by Doc. That's right. So, like, was he coming out of this sleep drug and coma kind of thing? Or, eh, Pepsi, oh, yeah, thank maybe. you. Uh, or is that just how he is? And what do they what do they say? Like uh, they, there's a drug that they kind of keep referencing. Think, think when they get to like Hill, the the neighborhood Hilldale. Hilldale. What's the what do they keep saying? Trank heads. Trank, yeah, yes. like tranquilizers. Trank, yeah, 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 getting tranked and like all that stuff. Um, I want to get tranked. Okay. <laughs> let's get tranked, bro. Let's get tranked for Patreon. Do an episode. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, dude. dude. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's again that those are the references I'm thinking of. Like maybe that's what he just does. He's just kind of a stoner almost, the future equivalent of a stu- a stoner. Yeah. Uh, the the whole chase scene is. I mean, it's the the first one over again, just in the future. But the hoverboards are a cool new added thing, and like even make the the making of this thing. You see, like they just use magnets for like the most for like the more uh, straight on shots of like him throwing it on the ground. He just threw it to a, like a big pile of magnets, so it would just kind of stay. And then all the other things were just like them on wires, obviously. And uh, I do I do remember 
there's one first making of this, and Robert Zemeckis is like, uh, yeah, we, the the new toy line of hoverboards uh, hasn't been out yet, but they gave us early access to it. Like he was teasing like they were going to be real, or they he are. Said real. something oh like uh, the parents Parents Guild has been fighting our release, yeah. so we we have them. They're made. We just can't announce them or release them. Yeah. And he made it seem like it was fucking real. <laughs> what an asshole. Were people, and then like people were like riding Mattel and like going to visit him going, we need those. Yeah. Like, and Mattel's like, what are you talking about? You fucking idiot. I don't know why he did that, but I love it. If it's, it's a troll. <laughs> the first original troll. Yeah. Oh, he'd be so good at TikTok. Uh, I got to talk about uh, Griff's board. It's called the Pitbull. Yep. Oh, yeah. Did you guys hear what it was supposed to be originally called? It was a Mad Dog. It was a Mad Dog. They should have done it. They should have kept it. They should have done it. It would have been a great little reference, and it wouldn't have been near as obvious as I think they probably thought. But I, I have to think about um, his hoverboard and like the commercial that they made for that. And it probably was like the Crossfire commercial for Borgia's like, Pitbull, you, you and latch up to three of your best friends to go for a joyride. It's like, oh, yeah, Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> Creep out your sister. Creep out your with sister. With a powered hoverboard. Blast past your sister and her stupid friends <laughs> with three of your best friends. Hop on, Scotty, Mitch. Yeah. Let's go. Latch on. It goes over water because it has power. It has power. <laughs> Jason, uh, what's his name? Jason Scott Lee. Uh, who you would recognize him if you if you looked up some of his roles. He's the one that laughs. He's the, the one that does that. Oh my gosh, though, like that. You those roles don't work on water unless you got power. Power. <laughs> <laughs> if we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Guys, I have to, I have to, I know it's maybe cliche to say this, but for me, it's Griff. And it's because yes. I love, I love all of the Biff Tanners in this whole trilogy. I love Mad Dog. Oh, I love Mad Dog so much. I love old Biff. I really actually like young Biff a lot more yeah. in, in part two. Griff doesn't do it for me. What are the fucking noises he's moving around? Like, I hate the robotic. I can't stand yep. it, dude. I don't he's know what's going on. Circuits. Uh, yeah, it's like he's it's like he's a part cyborg. Is like they're what they're trying to get across when and he I, stands up. Yeah, and he goes, I'm like I don't get it, and I hate him. Yeah, I'll he's him. he's such a terrible like antagonist. Yeah. like you hate him so much. I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> oh, shut up! Gramps. Hey, Gramps! <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's my punchable face. He's the, he's the squeaky devolved version of like you <laughs> he know, really is what man. it was. But uh, I think I'm I think I'm right there with you. Or it's or it's the wallet guy. <laughs> no, I think no, no, I think it's the wallet like, guy for no, me. I like, like the wallet guy. He didn't take his wallet. I think he took his wallet. <laughs> Did he take his wallet? I think he took his wallet. Did I think he, he took his wallet. wallet. He took your wallet. His, <laughs> the, the wallet guy is my I punchable. Like guy. <laughs> he pisses me off so much. <laughs> Uh, he just take his wallet. See, I think he took his this wallet. This is the danger of. Hey, going, I think he took your wallet. This is the danger of changing things in the future or the past. You're gonna fuck with someone's mind like that. He's not ever gonna be able to let this down. Yes. He will never he, let this. He's wallet. going Tell home. He's going home to his parents and be like, "That guy took his wallet." <laughs> Mom and Dad, I saw a guy's wallet get. Oh take my today. god, I, I was I was there because there wasn't a lot of things like going back, you know, that 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 kept your interest like this type of stuff. He's definitely going around to be like, oh, I was there. When he knocked him out, he knocked him out cold. But then I'm a guy who ran up and he took his wallet. 
That's Sylvester. I was at the farmer's market today, and uh, I was buying some farmer stuff. He's like, oh, well, that reminds me of the time. I saw some guy get his wallet taken. I'm pretty sure I did. There was witnesses, and they didn't see it, but I did. Suffering suck attacks. We gotta, we gotta what talk. do you do for a living? Oh, I sell wallets. <laughs> I sell wallets. <laughs> I don't uh, want to punch them. I like them a lot. I'm a wallateer. I like them a lot, dude. <laughs> I'm a wallateer. <laughs> At that point, I would have loved if they turned back. You know, he looks away and he goes, hey, you took his wallet. And he turns back around and goes, I think he took his wallet. Yeah, I love if it. If they would have shown everyone was already gone. <laughs> and he was just, he's like, oh. <laughs> no, I should go too. <laughs> I mean, there's someone inside that wants to hear this story. <laughs> Never in a million years did I think we would laugh this hard about the wallet guy. The wallet guy! Oh, I'm, I'm still so not punching I disagree. I, I'm not disagree too. I'm, I'm it just, not it just made my it made my the whole episode for me because I've dwelled on that man for years, guys. I have dwelled on him for years. He's too. still talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's an old man, just wallet. <laughs> it's like it's like Hodor. It's involved in just, he didn't want it. He didn't want it. He didn't want it. <laughs> and, and then he gets his own backstory, and we find out that <laughs> why do they, why do they call him Wally? <laughs> We well, <laughs> he took the wallet. He took the wallet. <laughs> you got me out of your mind. <laughs> I'm so glad I refilled my inhaler before this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna move this on. Okay, we got to consult the Jarrett layoff confused breakfast actor database. There's two people that have been in our movies four times now. I, I got one of them. Who is it? Um, <sighs> One of them's not Buck Flowers, but Buck Flowers is in this, and I like seeing him. Uh, Charles Fleischer. Uh, I don't know actually how many he's been in, but you can tell you can tell well, where, what he was in this movie. So he is he's later on Terry the Auto Guy. Charles Fleischer. He's also the voice of Roger Rabbit and uh, Benny the Cab, I believe, from Roger yeah, Rabbit. Correct. Yeah, I don't. I sorry, I didn't write down now how many he's been in, but uh, Christopher Lloyd. This is his fourth. Elizabeth Shue, her third. There's one though. Uh, Mary Ellen Trainer has been in four movies. That is that is Ellen Walsh, the Goonies mom. She, do you know what she was in this movie? Where was she? She was yeah. one of the cops, the futuristic cops that picked her up because she looks good for oh, her wow. age. Oh, Hill Day, we got to take her home. Nice. Which she's the wife of Spielberg at the time or something I, like that. She worked with Zemeckis. Maybe a lot. it was Zemeckis. Yeah, but yeah, Mary and Ellen, Mary Ellen <laughs> Trainer is moving up our uh, Mount Rushmore. At so this that's point. you said four or five. She's been in four. Yeah. Four. Would you like to know exactly what they are? Lethal Weapon. You don't have them. Um, that's fine. Lethal fine. Weapon, Goonies. And something else. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, did you also notice? Speaking of her, I I always noticed this as a kid, and I never knew if anyone else noticed it. But when when Marty walks out into the future for the first time, a flying police car comes flying around the corner into the alley. I'm assuming that was the cop car that got Jennifer, right? Oh, okay. Just a nice little kind of foreshadowing yeah. of that cop car flying into the alley. Okay. I mean, the, like what's special about these movies, man, is that they are real. I mean, like you know, besides like the major plot holes, you have to go fishing for. I would say, to be honest, like they are pretty d- diligent on making sure this is all like this all works, especially if you just watch it like the one time in theater. You know? Right. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And like I, I do. I do like how they roll these things together. 
they roll shots together very easily, just like what you're talking about, and him walking out and 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 I do love I I really enjoy how it's I hate to use the word repetitive, but the homage to the original and how he's yeah. walking out into Hill, into Hill Valley. It's and, almost scene by scene too. Like the yeah. way he almost gets hit by a car and spins around and just going, what the mm-hmm. hell? You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, I, I do, I do want to take a moment because I know Griff is your most punchable, but at the same time, I have to take a moment to, to say, uh, to speak my appreciation for, for Tom Wilson. Yes. Because I think I'll tell you this. I think he is the best actor in this movie. I think he's the in best. In the entire series. Yes. In this yeah. series. Yep. Because he is playing five different people. Five. Mm-hmm. Regular Biff. Um, old Biff. Old Biff. Like f- future Biff, I guess, yep. yeah. Uh, current day Biff. Okay. Griff. Oh. Is it and four yeah. or five? Yeah, no, it'd be five. So it's and then, and then, 1955. And then other, other future Biff. 1955, yes. 1985. Yep. 2015. Griff. Yep. Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Alternate 85 Biff. Yes. yes. Six. There six six different versions throughout this thing. All very different. And too. all and he does them all very different and does like especially when he walks in as Mad Dog, he's like, Hey McFly. Mm-hmm. You know that shit. Like he does a great job, it's man. Really good. And I know Griff is a super annoying character, but he does it very well. I really think it's on purpose. Yeah. You know, I yeah, think yeah. you're supposed to hate him. It's you not know? a t- it's not a poor acting choice. It's like we we're supposed to hate this guy. Yeah. Right. I yeah, I agree with you, man. It's like Christopher Lloyd's hard to top, but I think Tom Wilson does it. This entire series, he is a mainstay, and it doesn't work without him. I don't think. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's I think it's brilliant how he does it. And then I will I will go back to say, um, well, well, yeah. When we get back to fifties, I'll tell you what. Biff might just be peak physical male condition <laughs> for what I like, like how I want to dress and be. So not, I mean, his attitude towards women. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I'm not talking about that. that. Is, I, I'm, I'm saying 50s, strictly so. surface and physical, you know, looks. You know, uh, I don't Automobile care about his personality. Choices, <laughs> you know, let's. Uh, <laughs> So Let's you're saying the- you're nothing like him, you know? Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> I want to be. Let's move this on to scene three. So Biff takes the almanac and follows them to Hilldale. When they leave the DeLorean, he steals it and heads back to 1955. Jennifer wakes up in her 2015 home and hides from the McFly family. Life is not very good for the family, and Marty is fired from his job. Jennifer tries to escape the house but faints after encountering her 2015 self. I, I want to go back a little bit to uh, when um, Jennifer was passed out in the street and the cops were yeah. like, why not just go up to her and act like it was a bender that she was on? It's like, oh, shit. Jennifer, I thought the same thing. Jennifer, there you are. Sorry. She's she's had some problems. Lately. Hey, sorry. And, that's uh, my mom. Yeah. She's been she's been Ooh. sleeping in alleys. He's dressed as a kid. Yeah. You can even. Yeah. You can even. He could even be like, hey, that's my wife. Because they think she's older Jennifer. He can be like, scan me. Look, I'm there. You I'm go. Marty McFly. Oh, you guys look pretty young for what? Okay, whatever. Too bad. Here's the facts. Movie's over. Again, why did we even take her out of the car in the first place? Correct. (laughs) Again, Jennifer's fucking every. The female gets in this movie and fucks everything up. He's leaving up two women to just read up a pocket hole and can't even write you out of a script. (laughs) Damn. You're You're right. If you're talking so much uh, greatness about uh, who plays Biff, Um, Tom Tom Wilson. Wilson. Tom Wilson. Then we got to talk about the opposite of the bad acting is the new George McFly. Why yeah. is he upside down? I, I don't like the upside down it thing. I threw don't. Threw my back on the golf course. <laughs> on the golf course. There's, yeah, I mean, this is a glaring 
I bought it as a kid, though, Sean. Oh, okay. I thought that was him as a oh, 100%. kid, one hundred percent. I, I like the thing that another thing that works about Back to the Future is Crispin Glover as George. Like, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mind him being pretty much out of this movie, you know. But I miss the. Ah, I just ah, would have been awesome, <laughs> you know, having Old grandpa having him, and you know, the reason that it, it works and it tricks you is because they take old B shots from the yeah. original and they show those to you, mm-hmm. which is why why you said in the beginning, Sean, why they got in trouble mm-hmm. um, for making this and uh, using his likeness, but also using his original footage, mm-hmm. and so. There's no reason why it, why it shouldn't work for you, especially as a kid, and especially when you don't have all the facts laid out to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it works very well. And the the him being upside down thing is just another little added thing of like, well, it's harder to see yeah. who he actually <laughs> yeah, is. If he were upright, it'd probably be like That's it'd be a little George. easier. But he's upside down and kind of just just out of focus and frame, if you will, mm-hmm. in an awkward way. You focus more on Lorraine. They have him more in the background, like if they're doing like you know, uh, Lorraine is in the foreground. Yes. He's always in the background. You know, it's it's smart, but also impractical because don't you pass out like three <laughs> minutes from being upside down? <laughs> like all the blood just goes to your brain. It's and the you're future, just done. dude. Um, I have my prop. Oh, <laughs> give Ooh, it to me. <laughs> here's a prop. You don't want this. I want the pizza rehydrator. Oh, dude, <laughs> that thing sounds like a. It's ripping a bong. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> I knew I recognized that sound. <laughs> Shit, I was like, "What is that?" Oh my god! But how? So you you're gonna need little mini pizzas though, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you got. I'll make them. You get okay. lunchables and you put. Oh, them in there. Yeah. right. I think that's what it is. And it comes out. It's like the Fifth Element. You put the little pill. Do they Chicken have to? Good. Yeah. Do you think? Do they have to order those, or can you get them from the grocery store now? Like those little foily uh, pizza things, and like, and what it what was on that pizza? It was like half pepperoni, half green pepper, half green pepper. Yeah. And I was like, I was. I'll be honest with you. We've had some delicious looking pizza on this, guys. Yeah. This is not it. No, nope. this is not it. It, looks, it comes look apart so easily. <laughs> There's no cheese coming off. Like, oh, ooh, oh, yeah. Like, yep. Mom, you really can re- re- rehydrate you a pizza. You really can hydrate a pizza. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, just like our the other sequel, with the best pizza on, on-screen pizza of all time is Home Alone 2. Yep. When yeah. he gets out of that limo Jeez and eats that pizza. pizza. It doesn't even smoke. It doesn't even have steam. Steam. Oh, yeah. Come What's on. your problem, man? You don't want one? Well, just skip me for now. I'll come back. Okay. Well, you're going to come back to it. Just yeah, yeah. A, you're, you just haven't thought you of it. You do yours now, and I. Will okay. Then back. I want uh, issue number twenty nine of Ooh La La. <laughs> I think that's a <laughs> nice. that's a unique, weird. I'm not going to like yeah. look at it or anything. Oh wanna, yeah, right. I want to put course, it on our wall. I mean, nothing gets me off than than uh, bustiers from the fifties. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Black point, the pointy. black and white bustiers yeah, like, yeah. of the and. Reading, reading about what it's they just, enjoy on oh, a wait, date. Wait, wait, wait. It's like what? I actually don't know how I did that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know how I made that sound. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Ooh la la, issue number twenty nine. Uh, that's a really good one. <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> with <laughs> the with the sports almanac inside. Yeah, of it. that's cool. That's dope. Somebody said on there too, like that that magazine or something cost it cost like four dollars or something really? like that. Which nineteen fifty five? What's the inflation? Uh, it, that that'd be like. Like forty some dollars. Damn, dude. So, like, are you kidding me? So he should have been pretty mad. Yeah, about that getting taken. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. should have been. 
Uh, the ex- the bat extender, the extender oh. bat thing. What's that? The bat. The bat. Ex- <laughs> this, the bat. Ex- the bat. Ex- it's just extender. You, you extend it. How do you extend? How it, do you make it extend? Well, you, Sean? Put, you push the button, and it's like, you know, and you, it goes. You just kind of, yeah, pull it up. Get it out. Okay. Get it out that way. <laughs> great, great, great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Real good stuff. Great audio content. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for for what they did, for, for what they did get right with this giant widescreen TV, why have why do we not have the option yet to have this mega picture in picture? I don't know where you can have you I can have six channels. different channels all at the same time. How is that not a thing? I don't know how it's not a thing. Like that's that's crazy to me that we haven't figured that out or like people haven't done it yet. Two more things that I noticed I never had. One of them was a commercial. Did you see the top right commercial? When he goes, channel 64, 42, the top right was a commercial. It was called the super inflatable tit. <laughs> and it was boobs that like you wear them and your boobs get bigger. So is that what Lorraine has in the future? Maybe. Oh. Well, she was in the past. but uh. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the, the address of the Hilldale sign says Hilldale, the address of success. But it was spray painted on. Did you catch that Hel- at all? Hilldale? No, it said it, it might have said Hilldale. I don't know. But it said the addresses of success. It said suckers. So he, so instead of the second C, they did a K, and instead of the first S at the end, they did an R. So it said the uh, address of suckers. I never noticed that shit. I well, I didn't either. And like I, I always, I was always looking at this, and I never thought, I never put it together. Like this is a rough neighborhood. They keep saying it, but you never, you never catch on to it because earlier Jennifer's are like, I live in Hilldale. Yeah. Oh, Hilldale. Right. Like it must have been a really nice neighborhood, but not now. As it was being built, it was a nice neighborhood, yes. but then like the years go on and Shit. it just kind of dilapidates. And this is apparently not a nice place to live no. anymore, even though they have like fresh fruit that can come down from like the Everybody's table. Everybody's got that. Oh, everybody! Everybody's, everybody's got, that, got that. In fact, you don't have the nice fruit. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the dragon fruit and kiwis. You've got grapes and you know t- tomatoes that taste like cigarette butts. So, um, hasn't Flea been in a movie we've done? Flea was also in a movie, and I wish I could remember what it was. Yeah, but he's here. He's here. He's right. great. McFly. I like him. <laughs> We we do have to talk about this, where apparently this, Sean, you're going to know way more about this than I do, but this is the first film to accomplish interaction with the same actor on screen as two different characters. And for me, there are so many noticeable moments, but the first time I went, oh my God, how did they figure that out, was uh, younger Marty and older Marty at the dinner table, and he's pouring juice into the cup of younger yeah. Marty. like. They're not just on the same screen at the same time. They're exchanging items together mm-hmm. on the screen. Unbel- unbelievable that they got this to do it. And it still looks perfect. It does. And I honestly, like, the like the way that people explain this technique, I'm, I'm still just like, I, I don't know, though. <laughs> but, like, they essentially i think what they did was they isolated like a part of the frame it's like a third of it right. or yeah right? they took it they took it in like thirds or fourths where however many characters were going to be on screen and they isolated that and then they shot that separately and just kind of superimposed the film on top of each <clears> other um you if that see, makes sense, I don't. I hope. I hope it did. But like, it, that's as much sense as I can make of it. The easiest point to to really break it down, or to make it make sense, if you will, is really Biff and Biff in the garage. Dude, you, you know because true they split it with the windshield, yes. right? That that middle uh, bracket mm-hmm. of their windshield, and you have Marty kind of ducking ducking behind the Biffs, and then. 
there is a point like in a pre remaster or something, you can see his hand, Biff's disappears. hand disappear. And they also, the magazine throw <coughs> is not as great in the right, remaster. Right, right. So, and again, I, I know I've said this before if you can watch these movies pre remaster or at least like standard definition, do it. Because I think it helps keep you in. In in the in the details of the movie, it helps keep you locked in. Mm. Whereas you you know makeup and some of these special effects do tend to get a little bit of uh, lackluster, if you yeah. will. But the fact that they're interacting so closely and so well together is just mind blowing. That, that was my second of three spots. The third one being when uh, Doc's in the fifties and yeah. and he hands a wrench to himself. Yeah. And it's and you can tell like now that you understand that there was a pole, the pole there, yep. But still, it's fucking perfect. It is. It's flawless. It's it's such good like uh, staging too. Like yeah. you know, yeah. I'm sure they had like just, like an extra or like a stand-in do like actual stand-in doc doc's part. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. And then they just took him out and replaced it and said, "You got to have your hand at this level." It's it's genius. It's pretty. It's quite simple when you kind of break it down, but it's also like it just looks magical. It's just <laughs> it magic, is, man. Yeah. Before we move on to the next scene, uh, I'm wondering if you can help me out this. Well, first of all, how does Biff know how to drive the DeLorean and how does he know to go back to 1955? <laughs> that That's never been explained and I've always wanted to know that. But wouldn't the future have immediately changed? Like when he comes mm. back, the future's different. Now, we're, we're now technically... Are we, time travel. Are we yeah. just now... It, it, was that the alternate timeline that got changed now? And this one's still staying the same? Or like, I also read that you know Biff's like dying almost when he gets yeah. out of the DeLorean. That apparently they wanted him to start fading away. Did you like see this? Marty. This is a real thing. Is it? This is a real thing. You can find this on YouTube. I went and I found it. It's like a deleted scene. It's a deleted scene, and it has Biff uh, coming out from behind. He's hiding behind a car, and they take off in the DeLorean as if exactly as he wanted, and he. He basically slowly fades over and dies and fades out. Oh, and it's see, actually like heartbreaking. Jesus. It's actually very, very dark. And like I was like, man, I'm glad they didn't put it in. You should go check it out on YouTube. <coughs> Find the um, uh, old Biff uh, fading away deleted scene, Back to the Future. Like, just search for that. You can find it. It's kind of heartbreaking. It's yeah. creepy almost. Yeah. Ugh. Because you never see that actually happen. You see it like with Marty. He's like in the first one. Yes. He's like fading away. But when you actually see it happen to somebody, you're like, yeah, they probably shouldn't put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a kids movie. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> so Marty, Doc, and an unconscious Jennifer return to 1985, unaware of Biff's actions. They leave Jennifer on her front porch. The 1985 they return to has changed dramatically. With Biff now one of the country's wealthiest and most corrupt men. Doc figures out what happens, and Marty escapes Biff's hotel, so the two of them can travel to 1955. This is a hell of a dad. When Marty climbs into what he thinks is his window, right? And this dad is on it. Mm-hmm. This dad comes in, he's like, get the fuck out of here. He's crashing, like, like hitting shit with his bat and shit. I like this guy. I like this he's man. He's a good family man. Yeah. He's holding on. He's he loves his family. Yeah, that's you right. Tell that, you tell that real estate company we aren't going to move. We aren't going to be terrorized. <laughs> yeah. Did you see all the for sale signs in the neighborhood? Yeah. Biff Tannen Real Estate. Yeah. He owns uh, everything. I kind of feel like I'd probably work for Biff Tannen Real Estate. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably be one of the top agents. You think you'd be doing okay? Yeah. You'd probably you'd probably you wouldn't be on the twenty seventh floor with them, but you'd probably be like the twenty yeah. fourth. Yeah. Yeah. 
But this is also that scene, and then moving forward when he meets Mr. Strickland mm-hmm. again. This is this is where Michael J. Fox is just like at his best. Yes, that kind of like I don't know, I don't know what's going on here. I want to know. I don't know something about him in that type of a situation just makes me like I think agree. he's one of the best actors of all time. Yeah. You know, I agree. Yeah, it's it's like the frantic. Ah, I have to figure this out. The gun. Yeah. <laughs> Even just like watching the like there's behind the scenes footage of them just filming these scenes. And he's just like on it. Like he's he's when he's not filming, he's just Michael J. Fox, and when he's in, he's on it. You know, it's wow. it's so cool to watch. Uh but yeah, I agree. This is like peak Marty, yeah, peak Michael J. Fox, like how we lo- love to see him. We've talked a lot about how um, you know, Tom Cruise may be the best on screen runner and stuff. But I gotta tell you, I think Michael J. Fox might be the best on-screen scurrier. <laughs> that man can scurry anywhere. Just <laughs> God, he can scurry like the best of them. He really can. Oh, it, it, he's so he's just so all over the place, like wiry, like kind of squirrely about it. It's just crazy. Like when he's running back and forth chasing Doc up and down the yeah. road, and yes. oh my gosh, it's yeah, it's crazy. I love Doomsday Strickland. I love the fact that the like the student principal relationship has devolved into like warrior gang kind of stuff. Jeez. You know, like there's come by and do a drive by. The school's been closed for six years. It's high school students doing it. Like it's so funny to me. I don't know. What does the rest of the world look like? Because he's world renowned. He is yes, he is like the the number one person of the world. Yeah. Well, it's, I'll tell you what, it is kind of weird if you read some of the stuff on the papers. Uh, it says that Nixon's in his fifth term, so something got fucked up there where they're like, yeah, Nixon, you can just keep being president. Oh. The Vietnam War is still going on. Oh. They said It said something like, looking for a swift end finally to the Vietnam oh, War. Oh, yeah. So like, you got to assume that Biff has had hands in this somehow. That Biff maybe like this. went to Nixon and was like, well, we're just going to give you a bunch of money and we're going to figure out how to make you we're president making- so that you can continue to let me do what I do. And somehow we're making money off of Vietnam. Yes. Watergate. Exactly. Watergate you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a terrifying. This is a kid. I did not like alternate 1985. I, they made it real creepy. I really thought that the future was going to hold more just open carry gun firing and uh <laughs> lots of signs and just scariness i thought it was gonna signs. be a lot of, yeah it's gonna be a lot of signs a lot of signs just down a lot of everywhere weird, weird propaganda everywhere. a lot of strange propaganda and uh and i thought casinos pleasure palaces would just be on every corner i was kind right. of hoping for that so but... I, you know you got to take the good at the bad and the bad with the good but i thought this is going to be a bigger problem in my life well you know <laughs> i gotta it, tell you i hate to tell you but it is kind of like that just a little bit just a little bit more subtle oh, okay yeah. commentary comment comment social uh, shedding a light on social uh, comment Ooh. are we are we just a movie show oh Whoa, man we're getting deep here huh <laughs> oh man i uh, hate when they get political uh, <laughs> never done anything political in our lives on the show every once in a while aj does a trump impression and we move on huge <laughs> which by the way apparently apparently um tom tom wilson modeled uh alternate 1985 off of donald trump correct is that right yeah that's what i heard wow and to think of like oh when was so this is 89 so what was what was trump even he was just he was just a owning stuff owning and, hotels and whatever i guess about to be in Home Alone 2. Yeah. yeah. He was preparing <laughs> for his Home, Home Alone 2 role. Yeah. He talked to Tom Wilson about that one as well. And then, um, you know, he was, he was on some magazine covers, Forbes, you know. He was 
becoming a big deal. Did you catch the sign? There's a sign in front of the Biff Tannen Museum that says uh, says smoking required. Yes, <laughs> yes, I saw that. I was wanting to live there, man. Stupid little things. I thought that was going to be one of your guys' props. Ah, <laughs> That's Sean, what I thought. Sean, you want? All right, I'll change it. Yeah, <laughs> cool. smoking required. I don't, I don't need the whole bat. Okay. Come on, come on. <laughs> it was a joke. It was yeah, fun. We're having fun. <laughs> um, Yabos. Oh yeah, Lorraine. Is this is this uh, the floor is yours? Is this the worst? Obviously, the worst Lorraine. Whoever whoever did that uh, job in 1985, like Biff didn't go to the best. No, <laughs> he didn't take her to the best. Yeah, these things, these things. You, you want them? You can have them. Took her, took her to the Bruce Campbell Escape from L.A. Plastic surgeon. That's a that's a fun reference for people who get that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, fun. I, I remember uh, Leah Thompson. There was an interview with her, and she said this is like some of her favorite scenes to do because uh, she liked that the dynamic of like the abusive relationship, and she uh, was really like getting into that. Like really like thought she had like a really cool character that she built, and it, I think it does show it. it. It does get like kind of dark. It almost skirts to the edge where I'm like, I don't know if i like this i don't know if this is fun anymore you know and george being killed off which yeah. which uh, i guess originally he was going to be in this alternate right. 1985 but they killed him off due to him not being in the movie and stuff like that but it gets just gets terribly like depressingly dark at this point i think as a kid too i remembered being like oh this movie's so great and then you would kind of get to this point and you'd be like <laughs> Let's, let's get to the next part. Let's yeah, go when they go back to nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, then, then he like it is is saved by the Delorean, and you're like, okay, here we are. Thank God. Oh, there's Doc. You know? Yeah, exactly. It, it, it does redeem it, like t- right right on the edge of where I'm like, I don't like this. They got to drive <laughs> this home to be like, you don't want to live here. <clears throat> yeah. I know that. I know that we had to change the future because okay. Marty's kid might go to jail. This is a we got to fucking change. The wow. Future. Yeah. This is a big we, mistake. We got to go back in time and change this. What if? What if them stopping this, though, what if they actually, like, devised instead? Like, Doc didn't dive deep into that, and he didn't find this. By the way, he finds the picture, and old or young Biff, I guess, has the almanac in there. (laughs) How has no one else seen this? No Doc's one, the only one. No one's ever heard the term almanac. Almanac. Like, what does that mean? Almanac. That doesn't exist in our vocabulary. Huh. 2000. That's the future. Must be Italian. And so Farmers should have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, ben Franklin, I think, wrote one a long time ago. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but, but so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking that, but why wouldn't he just think like, oh, oh, man, like, uh, like we changed we changed this with his kid and somehow that did it back then too i don't understand i like how he did all this research and uh well they figured he figured it out from the stuff in the delorean he saw the oh is the cane he saw the cane and he saw the receipt and so then he's like oh shit and then he looked in the photo yeah and he figured it out also the, the they're just this movie goes into such great detail that when they're flying away uh in in 2015 they show the time machine control panel, and it, it says last time departed right. November twelfth, nineteen fifty five, six thirty eight p.m. If they've if they would have saw that, they would have been like, wait, "Wait, what the fuck happened?" Yeah, right. But they never noticed that. Yeah, it's cool. Such Just a cool detail. Little details, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. 
Well, let's move on to the final scene. Let's do it. So Marty witnesses Biff receive the almanac and tries to retrieve it. After several fruitless attempts, Marty finally gets the almanac, leaving Biff to crash into a manure truck. Marty burns it, nullifying the changes to the timeline that is caused. Doc hovers above in the time machine, but is struck by lightning, sending him to the year 1885. Marty enlists the help of 1995, Doc. Do you think Mm. they could have figured out... I mean, they got a time machine at their disposal, right? So couldn't they have just kept going back and trying to figure out the best time to steal it instead of saying, Marty, you got one shot, trail Biff. Yeah. Like they could have just not tried to steal it and been like, okay, this will be the best time on, on Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. Biff actually leaves it, leaves it in his car for five minutes. And that's when we'll go back in time to steal it instead of this rigmarole of like just constantly. And Marty's like trying to grab it before like old Biff even gives it to him. We're like, what are you doing? Yeah. But like, how would he know or how would they know that he was going to leave it somewhere though? They would like Marty would just follow him and like try to find a hole in okay. like, and actually and they then don't you even go back need again. It. They don't even need it today. Like they just need it before he makes his first bet. That's true. That's a good point. So at some point Biff's not going to walk around with this thing. Right. So you're just going to spend the next five years like waiting for the right time to go, okay, Biff leaves that house, so let's let's go back in time to an hour ago, and then we'll take it. Yeah. Sometimes I leave my phone when I, after I take a shit in the bathroom. Right. So maybe like that, that could happen. That could, that <laughs> totally could have been could. it. Yeah. He's like, oh, he, he read what, it in what there. What else is he reading? Yeah. What else am I going to do besides he's, shit? He's going to go in there. He leaves it in. Marty runs in after him. He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> Actually, let's not do this. Let's find somewhere else. Oh, that's the worst. If anyone in 1955 takes a mean shit, it's bad. That's a mean man to take a mean that man shit. Is full of protein. That, yeah, that <laughs> protein shits. Yes, you are 100 percent right. He is. I'm telling you, like in 1955, like Tom Wilson is is a good looking dude. He is man. And then, by the way, this is just a great reminder of. How they how they position these characters in your brain of how how they make you think of them you they make you think of them as older versions of themselves all the time, except for when they go back and then that's how they actually look, you know like they actually are that they're that young the the actors are mm-hmm. I just think that they do that they do that very well they never really give you an inch on that it's very stark yeah like the difference is very stark where yeah. it's like your brain is almost like oh okay that's normal again yeah you know Tom Wilson doesn't even look. Like he does it now, as he, they portray him <laughs> right. as like that Biff, you know, with like the Neanderthal brow and like all of that stuff. It's not even that, but the like gravelly voice. Yeah, I said sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you're gonna make me rich, old man. Yeah, it's like okay. Oh, one more thing. Someday, 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 a kid or wild-eyed scientist. It's <laughs> so great in that. Doc, you're He's not going to so believe this. Good. we got to go back to 1955. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, so good. Well, even I just love the we're, we're back into the same movie we saw in, in the first movie, but we're seeing it from different angles now, mm-hmm. like almost as if maybe they had shot some of that from different angles and they had the footage. Maybe. But just the seeing more of a backstory on Biff, like doesn't make me hate him as much. Like, I still think he's a villain, and he's going to attempt murder two different times here soon. Uh, but, like, he, he's got... If, if only he... Did, maybe if he had, a, like, a father or something and didn't live with his grandma or something. Gertrude. Like, yeah, like, he, he seems like he does have good intentions. He just doesn't know how to enact it. And you learn more about that in this now in, in 
part two. They do give you a hint of like he could change for yeah. the good, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's like the the choices he makes, like yeah, like he takes takes that kid's ball. <laughs> I love it. Launches it up there. <laughs> I laugh my ass off. That is that is <laughs> fine. That is just fine to do. Anyone out there, kids need to learn a lesson. Is that your ball? Hey, you yeah. know what? I'm going to teach you some social skills. Go up there, ring the doorbell, ask to get your ball back. <laughs> great move, he's dude. Doing, it's a great service for those kids. Yeah, he's putting money into the local economy with right. his car detailing. Sandlot and stuff like kids that. needed that kind of encouragement. <laughs> That's did. damn. Right, they did. Had had they had that, it would have been gotten their ball back from Mister Myrtle a long time. Totally, sure man. Would man. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, I do got to mention too uh, what I thought was a great detail. If you go back and you um, you check out the first one, they did try to incorporate some some references. And if you go back, you can see a person uh, while he's doing the storm and like prepping for the storm. You can see somebody on a bike in a black coat with the hat on. Riding away in the first one. in the first one, really, and they do reference that they brought that reference back to make it Doc Brown to make it Doc Brown, huh? Which does that mean this loop's been happening forever? So then? exactly. So what the heck is going on? <laughs> Why am I creeped out? I know. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I've just creepy? been lied to a lot. <sighs> I think that's what it was. It was either in the first one or in, uh, the second reference of that coming back around. But yes, it was. I read that and I was like. I don't have time to go back and watch. I really <laughs> wish I did. <laughs> I need to watch Fly the Navigator for the tenth time. I need. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like. He's like, uh, you need fifties clothes. Something inconspicuous. <laughs> A blues brother. Uh, that's fine. Uh, and then, like when they are, when he does give him the sports almanac in the garage, uh, it's pretty convenient that the U- UCLA game is just getting over with. Mm-hmm. At what? School is out now, so maybe like four. Yeah, was he at school? Five? Is this a Saturday or something? Yeah, or what's going know. on here? I don't know. It was a it. What that was a real game. It was a, it was real, a real thing. Call. It was a real call. It was the real way how that game finished. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. Um, they rattle off too when he's like driving on uh, the final sequence there, like through the tunnel. Yep. As before he gets to the tunnel, and he's referencing it. You see, you hear a lot of actual scores. game stats and scores. Um, none of our Iowa teams made it out alive in any yeah. of those. So. Iowa yeah. did a little better than Iowa State, though. Yeah. Iowa State got uh, blanked, I think. Yeah, got, got blanked. Pretty typical. 57 to 0, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, ridiculous. But Biff de- Biff definitely uh, tries to commit murder here at some point, though, at least twice, right? Like, yeah. He's, he, we're we're ch- getting chased on the hoverboard here, and he like he's trying to kill him. Oh, yeah. He tries to ram him into the wall, and then... I mean, what's going to happen here if he actually does catch up with him in the tunnel? Have you ever seen a bull trying to shoo off a fly and it's just pissing him off and he'll do anything to get it away from him? That's basically what's happening. Yeah. I have this this human guy who's flying around me. How is he flying around me in my car while I'm driving? And he's just, what's going on? I I think Biff is the ultimate humanization of the goons. You think so? I think he's up there, man. Well, t- Marty Marty could have fixed all of these timelines by letting Biff kill him. Because if Biff kills Marty in 1955, then Biff goes to jail and and he's in jail for life so he can't make bets anymore. The almanac gets sent away or some, puts a Gertrude fucking poops on it. And, yep. And then and now Marty <laughs> doesn't have shithead kids and shithead family members and he can let Jennifer move on to a better life with someone else. Mm-hmm. Marty could have fixed everything, yeah, by just by just letting Biff run over him. So, so we're 
You're right. I mean, you just make the Maybe ultimate sacrifice. Maybe that was sacrifice. Doc's plan. Yeah. There is actually people out there that think Marty was killed in this tunnel <clears throat> and that, that Doc had to keep going back in time to like find out where he was and to be there right at the right, at the right moment uh, to be able to help him. Like a Rick and Morty scenario. Right. Like I need to keep... Oh, sh- nope, shit, he died there. Oh, oh shit. Ah, shit, he didn't grab the thing in time. Ah, shit, I'll go back. You know, like, that's, <laughs> that's a theory out there. My other, my other thought on that, too, is that um, the dinner in future uh, Marty's family and whatnot that that he that Jennifer's watching and whatnot uh, that is a great re- uh, rendition of what Marty's life was before the changeover. Ooh. And so, does that mean that's if he would have stayed? That's OG 1985 family. Yeah, that's what that is. And but it but that's 2015 family. He had the good life. Now, but he divulged back, his family divulged back to what he was, yes. he used to be mm. in 1985. Like, I don't know why, but now, but that's why I say, like, if he had stayed in the, in the kind of what he didn't feel was the good, <laughs> could he have actually would it have flip flopped and he would have been. You got to imagine, like, if you go back enough or like forward enough that you're going to just revert back to where you were, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it, it basically it reversed the time. It just pushed out the time frame, or, or like, yeah. Marty was getting new. Marty was getting handed uh, anything he wanted because the family had money. He's like, here's a black truck. Have fun. Enjoy it. You've always wanted it. Yeah. And so he he didn't learn any lessons of like I need to change. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, we just go back in time to change things. That's fine. Well, it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> yeah. Because he got the black truck because they were successful, and he drag races. At oh, the end, oh, because he wouldn't—he wouldn't, he wouldn't he have had, had the truck. He wouldn't have had a car, and he wouldn't have been able to do oh, that and make no. that drag race. Yep. Okay, dude. Wait a minute. So if he—if Marty would have never gone back in time and changed the future, he would have had a shitty family. But he's what months away from graduating. Yeah. He could have moved away, Moving used on. all that anguish and pain to like start his music career and like start a life for himself. Be like, I'm going to be better than my parents were, and he could have had a great life. But instead, he changed the past so that. Now his parents have everything, give him everything he wants, so now he's got this cool black truck, which makes him drag race, Yep, which causes all the shit in 2015. Exactly. You get everything you want, there's nothing to work for. No work ethic. Hard. Going to become nothing. What's the saying? It's, uh, it's soft, soft men create hard times. That's hard right. men create soft times. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. So, so or like the, the men who worked hard, yes. like his father, if you were, were put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Worked really hard and created this soft time for Marty yep. and gave him the truck that led to him drag racing. Which I want to bring up this too, uh, along with Marty. Like we talked about it in the beginning a little bit, but being called a chicken, he changes everything at this point. He's got he's got the almanac and yeah. he, he could have just left, but yep. being called a chicken and brought him back <sighs> and then himself, he not kind of ironic. Yeah, he knocked himself out, and he just took the almanac. You know, yeah, like past or original 1955. <laughs> Marty knocked his own ass out for <sighs> being called a chicken. It's like, dude, your ego, buddy, is <laughs> gonna kill yeah. you one of these days. It is, man. Yeah, and then I mean, you get the iconic uh, shot of the DeLorean getting sent off to. Hey, shooter, want to go to the Sizzler? <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> He's so good. Why is he the same character? I don't know. I don't know. What's his name? McFly. <laughs> Are how, you Marty McFly? How creepy was that as a kid, though? Oh, I was, oh, like, I even, was terrified. Even this time, I yeah. forgot what was going to happen, and I'm like, I know. who the fuck is this guy? 
every time I see those those uh, headlights off in the distance behind him. Yeah, he's like, are you Marty McFly? I've got something for you. I've got something for you. <laughs> a letter. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. I got to think about this too. Joe Flaherty. Joe yeah. Flaherty. Yes. Um. He. The, that whole sequence has to live out of of him going back to 1885. Yeah, and he he then went. And that whole that whole timeline has to play out for him to finally come to this moment. Mm-hmm. I left it there, and seventy years later, pass. FYI, seventy years is that's crazy to think about too. The Wild West, the up Wild to, West, up to nineteen fifty-five. Some shithead's going to open the letter. He's like, I'm going to open the letter. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. kidding. There's no. If someone handed you something that said, "In seventy years, this has to be delivered," you'd yeah. be like, "Cool joke." <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> that would never happen. Fuck you. Fuck it's you. It's like whatever. All the, po- all the post office burned down in eight, in nineteen twelve. <laughs> Sorry, everything that was in there burnt down. Yeah, well, he was the one making jokes about the post office not being efficient. Yeah. Well, hey, it's pretty damn efficient at that point in wow. time. Yeah. Uh-huh. I deliver shit, and eh, I would not want to be out there at that time no. doing that. Come on now. Western Union. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got anything else you guys want to talk about on this one? Well, it just sucks. We have to wait till 1999 to see the third one. I know. Or 1990, sorry. 1990. Yeah, it was a fun joke until I fucked it up. <laughs> Hey, it goes fa- it goes faster than modern day sequels, though, Sean. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, here's here's my question to you guys, just to wrap this up. Could you watch this? Could you watch this without it automatically going into number three? I had it on DVD. Did you? Okay, so okay, but you didn't feel any. You didn't feel compelled to watch number three. I did not. I did not have the time. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Sean, uh, no, I I'll talk about it uh, in our modern day. Ratings. Okay. I was just going to say, like, for me, it was really hard for me to not feel that just compelled uh, to watch the third one. I, I, did, I could never have, make it through it. But, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to let it start. Honestly, I think if they wouldn't have showed me what what happens in three, I might have considered clicking it. But <laughs> yeah. instead, I'm like, well, yeah, there it is. Wild West. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got it. <laughs> I, I got the gist of it. Yeah, everything's yeah, great. It's fair. <laughs> Mary Steen emergency. Uh, cool, cool. This nice. is great. Well, everybody, we've dissected Back to the Future 2 with a modern eye. We need to talk about it with our modern day ratings. We've stripped away the nostalgia. AJ, what do you got, man? You strip it away, and you're left with what is a really flashy filler. Mm. I know that's a bold statement. I do enjoy it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I still love watching it, but I love it. I love it for all the future aspects and there is a point um that you kind of lose it like you're saying mike you kind of lose it when they go to the the bad future again or present day and then it's again it's it's just really it's also really tough waiting for that to come back around i feel like it's just a premise it's just a we're trying to get to what our original idea was which was going to the west Mm -hmm. old west and I, I I still really enjoy it. I still have a lot of fun watching it. I want to watch this just like any of the Back to the Futures. I want to watch it in standard definition. I don't want to watch it remastered. I want to watch it in its you know original format and and, and everything. And if I get to do that, I feel much better. But um, there's just there are a couple things. Some of the makeup is a little bit tchotchke almost uh, when it comes down to it. At this point, rewatching the remasters. So overall, though, I had a lot of fun. I watched it a lot. 
and I'm I'm not upset about that. I think I'm going to give this now modern day. Oh man, I think I'm going to give this a modern day. S- oh. Seven point oh. eight. Seven point eight. Sean, what about you, man? I I think this movie is still a blast. I I love the aspect of it, and I I can see how like one would think that this is just kind of filler to get to the third, or it's just kind of like a money grab. Oh, they're doing the same movie over Ooh. again. But I think that's it's a cool way to look at it. I I even find the most exciting parts being like the this dystopian future part, and then when they get to uh, him having to grab the almanac from uh, Biff. I think those are the most exciting parts for me, uh, and I find the future parts almost almost a little boring. Where it's just like, oh, there's you know, there's the Michael Jackson. Horror. We're in the future. Yeah, um, we're in the future. I think uh, I think I can't watch the first one without watching this one. I think oh, damn. I think that they mm. are one movie to me. Cool. I really do because it starts right away. Um, however, Back to the Future Part One is just a slice piece its own thing yes it is a masterpiece and nothing will ever change that and um just for me personally i do think that those are like part one and part two are like a one movie for me and i I want to watch the second one after watching the first one but like i said i think the first one is a more complete movie um i gave uh part one an 8.5 i'm gonna give this an 8.0 8.0 for the shauners Man, I love this movie. I I just love anything Back to the Future. I I think it's the best trilogy of all time. That's my opinion. Don't hate me for that. I I think they're they're so well done and they're so smart. And I just don't like this one as much as the first one. As a kid, I think I probably liked it more. Yeah. I, upon rewatch, little bit didn't enthrall me as much, but it was still, dude, like, Sean, you nailed it. Like, number one can be its own movie by itself, yeah. but this one has to be, like, placed with with one, or it has to be placed with three, or it's it's not a it's not a standalone movie. Right. Where one is, like, a standalone movie. Well, like, could absolutely. Have absolutely. If you're talking about, in, like, Temple of Doom, like, yes. that's a standalone movie, yes. you know. Yeah, exactly. So I still, I can't give it what I gave the original Back to the Future, but I can give it an 8.8. I still nice. think this movie's fantastic. Executive producer Bud Larson says, when I told my son we get to review Back to the Future 2, he was ecstatic. Family movie night. We own the trilogy on Voodoo. The movie starts off with the scene from the end of part one. The first thing you notice is Marty's girlfriend Jennifer is different. After researching the movie a little bit, actress Claudia Wells put her acting career on hold because her mom was diagnosed with cancer. Big mm-hmm. props to Claudia. That is mm-hmm. awesome that you pointed that out. We liked in the future you could watch Nine Channel at once and make pizza in two seconds. We are with you. It's like when my son is playing PS4, watching his tablet and listening to music all at the same time. They almost predicted the World Series winner off by a year. Damn. I had to laugh when Biff had the cover of the Almanac over a Ooh La La magazine. We used to do that with Playboys when we were younger. Nice. This is my favorite movie of the trilogy. Well, hate to say it, I never got my hoverboard, and as far as I know, we don't have flying cars either. There are a few fan theories that say Doc had to go back multiple, back in time multiple times to save Marty from dying, like I was saying there. Like when Marty jumps off of Biff's building and when Doc saves Marty with the flag line when Biff crashes into the manure truck. Jumping off of that building yeah. could have easily been like, oh shit, I didn't have it right and he died and you, yeah. have, to, you have to go back and Maybe t- he was intending just to end it all. You know? <laughs> yeah. Doc's like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. 
most punchable face. We were all on the same page. Griff, he was a dick to his grandpa and pretty much everyone else in a short period of time. Prop from the movie would obviously be the hoverboard. Motherfucker. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Got to be. Modern day rating, 9.48. Wow. So we made up. We, we kind of went wide on the spectrum there, but we come up with a middle thing. That is an 8.53. <sighs> 8.53 for a modern day rating of all the movies we've done. Woo! Sean, that's tied at number 15 with The Shining. The Shining. Slightly worse than the Raiders of the, Raiders of the Lost Raiders of Lost Ark mm-hmm. and slightly better than Stand by Me. That's where we have this. How is it of The Temple of the Doom? We have not done Temple of <laughs> the <know>. Doom. <laughs> So for reference, Back to the Future One is a, is a, is that number five? Is that number fifteen? I feel fine about that. I, I yeah. do too. Yeah, I I feel like I may have gone maybe a little bit too harsh on it, but I have to stand by it. I yeah, yeah I have well, to stand and you by and it. you and Bud sort of kind of canceled each other out of there. So yeah, it, it yeah, makes I think sense. So. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for being here. Tune in next week for Flight of the Navigator, Ooh, yeah. followed by Waterworld. <laughs> yes. Tragedy. Also, oh, shit show. <laughs> if you are new oh, to the podcast. <laughs> what? Sean. The production. The production was a shit show. Spoiler. We yeah. will get to it. Yeah, ah. we'll get to it. If you're new to the podcast, go back this time last year. Major League. That was a fun, fun episode. Yeah. Get you in oh, the yeah. baseball summer mood. Don't forget, we have a voicemail call. 319-804-9596. Leave us some feedback. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Mikey, Sean, AJ, how the heck are y'all doing? Great. Uh, this is Davis Reed. We're calling here from Charlotte, North Carolina. I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of the podcast. Uh, relatively new listener, but I've watched, listened to a ton of the uh, ton of the podcasts on the way into work and out of work every day. So I'm pretty much caught up uh, for the most part. You, you've, I think at this point, just operators of Lost Ark. And I'm so, so pumped that you did that. Hopefully we can get some more Indiana Jones in there for a little bit. Uh, Temple of Doom and Last Crusade action. Thank but you. the one request I do have, if I may say so myself, you've mentioned it before, but Ghostbusters 2, you mm. have to do it. My favorite character, maybe ever, and this is a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit controversial, uh, Janos Poha, a good Peter McNichol uh, acting credit right there, he absolutely steals his movie away. If you If you haven't seen it, please, anyone to go watch it and just go watch Janos Poha. And watch him do the things he does. It is phenomenal. <laughs> anyway, guys, I just wanted to call in, say hello. Uh, five star ratings, of course, on Spotify. But I uh, just wanted to say I love you guys and uh, appreciate you making the the way into work and out of work a little bit more more easy for uh, for all of us. All right, bye. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for that call, Davis. Davis uh, was yeah. name? I never remember the name. I, just... <laughs> I think it was Davis. Uh, yeah, thanks, man, for giving us a call. I. I think uh, we might be spurring on a sequel kind of Ooh. tinge here. Who knows? Kind of getting to that point, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got to start revisiting some of these, bringing some of these back around. I mean, Ghostbusters or, 2. Or going to the originals, like Alien mm. and Terminator. Oh, That's you're true. right. we got That's to do true. that, too. They, hey, they had a chance to vote on Ghostbusters 2 in our little vote here, and that was the last place item. So yeah. I'm just, just throwing it out there. Yeah, That's a shock, though, That's too. A sh- That's a shocker. It will That's a be shocker. Done. It will be done. Wow. Guys, uh, I'll tell you what's not a shocker is our love for you. Wow. 
when you're rating and reviewing and listening to this show. We really do appreciate it so much. Um, if you can, drop us five stars, a rating of some kind, and leave us a review so we can read it. Uh, it always brightens our day when we get to read those reviews. Catch us on the social media at Confused Breakfast. And uh, by all means, find us here on YouTube as well. We're having fun uh, making jokes that aren't necessarily audio-based, but, you know, looks like Sean's jerking off bat. So it's kind of fun. Cool. Huh? Check us out on YouTube. <laughs> You can get to see us jerking off spats at confusedbreakfast.com. Uh, and uh, you can get some merch there. Uh, you can get merch, merch and dice uh, with shirts. You can get koosies and uh, you can get jerk off bats. Um, you can also go to that same website and see our ratings of our individual ratings of the movies we've done and our collective ratings as a show. Goodbye. Love you. And you must go to patreon.com slash confusedbreakfast to support the podcast, directly sponsor us. We are a part of the Upload Media Group in Cedar Rapids, producing our show, UploadMediaGroup.com. We got Craig on the controls. There he goes. And we are members of the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network, Cloud10.fm. Go check it out. Dude! The Wild West? Who would have ever thought that they'd go to the Wild West? It's just such a juxtaposition. I love the Wild West genre, and then to make it like an 80s tinge kind of movie with Doc and Marty? Oh my god. It's super fun. And here we drink whiskey. Bad Dog's fucking mustache. He's, man, he's mad. And he is mad. And oh, he's mad. I gotta talk about Mary Steenberg in this movie. You guys. Oh, She's yeah. such a welcome cast character into this to this universe. Yeah, Clara I love Clayton. I yeah. love the part where uh, where Doc's got the flower from her. Basically, he deflowered her, right? Yeah, guys? That, that's a good that's joke. A great oh. joke. I love that. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah a- need a- needles. AJ gets the yeah. belt for that joke. Cool. Yeah. I got and, and guys trains? Trains. You love trains, Mike. I can't you? believe we haven't talked about it yet. How do we love the trains? <laughs>